Welcome to Leading Consciously, Living a Coherent Life with Purpose, a podcast delivered with lots of love to inspire everyone to unleash the conscious leader we all have inside. Here is Lara Bezerra, your host. Today I would like to talk about the importance of happiness and gratitude in leadership and in our lives. I want to share my journey from happiness to gratitude and how this brought balance to my life and my leadership. My journey with bringing happiness to my life has started in my childhood with my mother's teaching, but had truly deepened and started to be one of the main traits of my leadership in my first senior position in Hungary and had a turning point in Venezuela when I moved from Bayer to Roche. And it was when the obsession to bring happiness shifted to fostering an environment of gratitude. From all my past experiences, I understood the importance of nurturing an environment where the teams would be able to enjoy and be happy. I observe in all my assignments the difference of teams that were satisfied and the ones that were not. Of course, my mother's phrases and mantras were always coming back to me. Lara, do you want to be happy or sad? Then just be it. She used to tell that everything that we do in life will be done better if we have the right attitude. And that attitude was proportionally related to our mood. Being positive and being happy would always help in school, in swimming trainings and other things. And this I have observed with time. Because of her telling so much to me this, I started to observe a lot and I started to live it. A little later, when I was also observing relationships, I noticed that we tend to solve little fights between friends, partners, siblings, relatives, much better if the attitude, the mood is positive. Happier people solve problems easily and do not get stuck so frequently to these small things. They do not sweat on small stuff. Ah, yes, and this was the first book that started really my journey of searching for positivity. It was when I was in Brazil, in Bayer, Brazil. It was around 96, 97. I bought this book of Richard Carlson, Do Not Sweat in Small Stuff. All is small stuff. This book started also my habit of buying books as a gift to people. Because this book impacted me so much and it was so easy to read and easy to understand. And it was making its point to live in positivity. Then... I suggested our general manager to give this gift for the whole farm organization in 1998, in the Christmas party. Then the same book I also suggested to be distributed in Bayer, Portugal, when I was there and I was part of the end of the year party planning committee. I think it was 2001. When I started to work in Hungary in 2003, Books like Spiritual Quotient from Dana Zohar and among other books made me think that I should learn a little deeper. Because now I had the responsibility 
for many co-workers and of course their families. I was the, the CDH that they called at time, that it was like a kind of general manager of the pharma in Bayer, Hungary. And I felt a lot that all my teachings from my mother should be brought, but in a deeper level. How could I use my mother's teaching and all that I believe to help more people? to make people understand that in being a happier human being, they would also be better employees, family members, etc. Because of this, I started researching a lot and reading a lot on how to bring happiness and how to build cultures of happiness. At the same moment, I started also in this journey of yoga and meditation. And of course, I ended up learning about the Eastern culture, and among them, I fell in love with the philosophy of Bhutan. This research and love followed me for years, from Hungary to Mexico to Venezuela. Just as a side comment, in love with the philosophy of Bhutan, that the ambassadors in Venezuela during 2013 and 14, when we used to meet, I was talking so much about Bhutan that they used to joke that I was the Bhutan ambassador. Also in my interview with the CEO of Roche for the position of GM of Roche Venezuela, I ended up sharing with him what I believed would be the best way to increase productivity and ensure good results of business, making the teams being satisfied from a deeper perspective so they would be able also to do their best for any stakeholders. So we should focus on people first and their happiness and then business will come. I am not sure if many of you know, but Bhutan is a small country between Tibet and India. It is a Buddhist kingdom and it is the only country to be carbon negative. Not carbon neutral, carbon negative. And the reason why it attracted me is because it measures the prosperity differently from the other countries. It's not measuring their prosperity on the measurement of the gross domestic product. They measure gross national happiness, GNH. I studied a lot this measurement in order to try to implement its philosophy to the business. In Bhutan, they have 35 index factors that they measure their happiness. These 35 indexes are grouped in the following categories. Psychological well-being, health, education, culture, time use, meaning time of work versus time of sleep is how you use your time in life. Good governance, community vitality, ecological diversity and resilience. Observe, ecological resilience. And living standards. So, when I started to study more about Bhutan philosophy and the Buddhist lifestyle, not from the religion side, but as a life concept, I started to see that their concept of happiness was different from the concept we have in the West. Our concept of happiness has a lot to do with pleasure, with moments, with individual pleasure, satisfaction. And the Eastern concept is more related to fulfillment, 
life realization plenitude. If we can compare, we could tell that Western uh, happiness is coming from outside and then has an impact inside and then you feel happy. But in the Eastern, you are happy no matter what is happening outside. So it's a very different concept, happiness. And when I joined Rush Venezuela, we embarked on a beautiful journey to try to build happiness in the team. There was already a great level of engagement and the team was united and satisfied. But there was a wall built on certain topics. There was high standards of expectations. What will be the band that will play in the end of the year party should be better than the bands of the competitors. The expectations of the places to travel, to compensate for a year of good results and other aspects of rewarding, providing benefits for the organization from the company side and aspects of rewarding from business that were not appealing for me. To me, all these aspects were never sustainable. And I knew that this team had much more to offer. They had a hidden potential of goodness, purpose that could give much better value to the world for themselves and of course for the business. In some of my initial talks with the teams, I could clearly feel the difference between the employees that were in the company for more than 15, 20 years and the newcomers. Somehow the newcomers joined because of the purpose of the company, the values that the company had, and of course the benefits and advantages that the company gave. But the ones with more time in the company loved the company. They were very loyal to the company. And I felt that they were taking many things for granted. I felt that they were not able to see the difference of their company, the, the, the benefits that the company provided to them in comparison to the competitors. That working for Roche was great and we should not take for granted. But very often some people would leave to another company and very quickly they would want to come back and tell that they have taken too much for granted. When we were having the coffee talks and the new people would start to tell what they loved about the company, not rarely I would hear someone from the senior colleagues tell, oh, but this is rush, this is normal. You should get used to it. Also, the engagement scores for the newcomers and the very senior people were very high. But somehow, for the ones who had more than two years in the company, the scores were very low. I noticed that the senior, senior ones used to tell, this is how we do things here. And the newcomers, who used to be full of ideas, started to give up after a while. The team had a great increase in engagement after my predecessor arrived. He fixed a lot of a challenging situation from his predecessor. People were much more engaged. They were very much committed. Hearing people, I understood that many of them still wanted to do more. But there was something that did not allow them to do more. One thing that I noticed also is that the leadership team, they wanted to protect the team. Some of the difficult situations to come were never mentioned. At the same time, the questioners for the team, when they wanted feedback for the team, they were always in the direction. What can we do more to make you satisfied? What the company could do differently for your job to be more satisfying? Is there any benefit that we could have in comparison to the competitors for you to be happier? Somehow I noticed 
that the language used was taking the responsibility from people to be happy. It was as if their satisfaction would depend on how the leaders would make decisions. But indeed, it was how it worked. In this quest to bring more happiness to the team, we consulted the new company of the Zappos team that was called Delivering Happiness. And in talking to them at the first place, I noticed that it was the direction we wanted to go, but something was missing. And it was, it was like giving the right responsibility and accountability to the team. With this, we started the Russian Positive, which was a virtual business unit that was built from the team. The volunteers who wanted to build our organization better, and they would represent the human beings in the company. They would be the voice of the human beings of the company, and they would take decisions by themselves, all related to the aspects of human resources that are not connected to benefits, payment, but everything around it, this group would take care. At the same time, I started to understand and study much more emotions, and I have observed and learned that gratitude was, let's say, an emotion that sustained best decision-making processes, because it was taken for granted that whatever you would do would work. Meaning, in a decision-making process, if you do it with gratitude, you would already start something by, by thanking what would be the results? You would be taking into consideration what would make it work. Then the chances to work would be bigger. And in a difficult situation, this mindset was even more important. We started this journey of building our own positivism, gratitude, happiness. And when everyone started to be part of it after two years, we could see the incredible results. At this time was also when the crisis hit us hard. And it would have never been a better time for us to have started with this new culture because all the strategies and plans that unfolded after this were completely different. And I am sure that the results had been very different had we not worked in this new culture of gratitude and positivism. The main objective we had was to bring gratitude to everyone, to make the colleagues who had more time working in Rosh to be grateful for what they had. In a way, nothing would be taken for granted. And indeed, we all would want to give to someone what was so beautifully given to us. Is the concept of paying forward because we are so grateful of what we had. In my life, I learned that being happy is good, provided that it comes from a gratitude, plenitude feeling. Of course, it is great to have moments of happiness, but more important than the moments of happiness is the balance and positive attitude in difficult moments. This is indeed what will make our life happy as a whole. If we were able to decrease the impact of suffering, the impact of sad or difficult moments, we would have a much happier life and we would observe it looking back when we are at the end of it. In the work is to ensure that we live in an environment that allows us to talk when difficulties are arriving and that we all balance each other out so the difficult decisions can be taken despite of the fear and focusing always on the vision or true purpose of the organization. 
in the work to live this culture is truly to be grateful for absolutely everything that is happening because it is an opportunity for us to change our decisions and try to see even better how can we deliver the best for our society, for our communities, bringing even better results to our business. After my many years of professional experience, now I am seeing how important this learning was for me as a whole. And now, raising my children, I see it clearly. As in my leadership at home, I also focus a lot in gratitude. Having teenagers at home, I see the difference a good attitude has in their lives. I can see clearly when they are grateful. And I can see the direction of their lives when they start to take something for granted and when they are grateful. They have participated on a spiritual course when they were six to eight years old, where one concept has followed them until today. They talked about the difference of instant happiness or lasting plenitude. And this was one concept that they kept talking about And until today, this is very much used. They learned that there are many external stimulus that can make you happy. But normally, for a while, you will be happy. But then, sooner than later, you will be searching for another thing for you to be happy. But the decisions that might take a little effort or the situations that might take a little more effort and they are directed to others and the greater well-being usually will create a satisfaction that will last and you will remember much longer than the instant fulfillment of pleasure. I see my kids going through a teenage phase that is not so bad as I thought and I see the effect of having worked on gratitude, discernment and attitude. I am sure that they will be happier than I am. As many of the colleagues I worked with that learned the lessons that came from centuries and I just shared and also from my mom. So for you all, I have a challenge. Try to compare two weeks of trying to make two different exercises. The first week, try to look for things you are happy and search for more things you could do to be even happier. During one week, you focus on everything that you can do to be happier. Another week, practice gratitude. Just being grateful for absolutely everything that happens. Even if something bad happens, try to be grateful and see why this can help you even quicker to go to the place that you want. How can you find an opportunity there? Be grateful. You will see what I see. Gratitude can be present in sad and difficult moments, as well as happy moments. But in a sad moment, the moment you are grateful, a peace comes, which will open doors for then the happiness to come. At a moment that it would be impossible to find happiness, if you would have been longing for it, in raw. So gratitude builds happiness. This was a longer episode. Because I love this topic, I took a little more time and I wanted to share with you piece by piece what I had. So I hope that it made you think a little and will help you. Here was Lara Bezerra with The Leading Consciously, Living a Coherent Life with Purpose. 
wishing you all a great, great two weeks of exercise. <laughs>